Thank you, Jesus. You happy to be here this morning? Oh, come on. You happy to be here this morning? I'm happy to be here this morning. I feel like I haven't seen some of y'all in a month. This uh, April and I have gone on our trip, and we thank everybody for stepping up and making that a possibility for us. And, you know, uh, <laughs> now you better shout like that the rest of the day, girl. Um, <laughs> we, uh, you know your home. You know your home. When you walk into church, you're a group of people that you love dearly and you haven't seen in, in a while. It feels, for us, it feels like forever. Um, but you're, rugged, you're walking around, you're hugging everybody, you're saying hello, and, and you run into Ray. <laughs> and, and Ray says, you've been eating, hadn't you? And I said, I said, hey, I still weighed the same when I left. He said, yeah, but you ain't carrying it the same. <laughs> so you know you home when people say that stuff to you. So, you, you know, I may be pastor, but I'm a little plushy this morning, but that's all right. That's all right. That's all right. That's right. Hey, listen, if I could loosen this, if I, hey, if I had a girdle, I'd have wore it. I'll <laughs> just be honest with you. Romans chapter 5. Y'all want to get into the word? Amen. Romans chapter 5. Let's get there. Romans chapter 5. Let's start at verse 12. I think I, I told Miss Sherry, I think I told you verse 1. I apologize. Romans chapter 5, verse 12. Where as many as by one man's sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for all have sinned. Say all. all. All have sinned. That means me and you, right? There shouldn't be any perfect people, no matter what, uh, what pulpit they come from, no matter what church they come from, no matter what background. There's no such thing as perfect people. There's only a perfect Savior. And honestly, it's really how perfectly you accept Him. Because the truth is, is you'll walk in a level of freedom uh, that's unique to you, really based on how much you accept uh, how much you accept what he's done for you. Now, I want to talk to you today on a, a message that I tend to touch on a lot. We're going to talk about positioning because my primary focus in life is to talk about sonship. That's what I'm anointed to do the most. However, a lot of people don't understand that sonship is simply coming by positioning. Your relationship with God is twofold. It's by positioning, which means in God's eyes, and it's what does not change. Amen. And then there's relational, which is in your eyes, and it's what changes. The issue with people is not that God has not covered you in the blood of his son and he sees you as his son. That's not the issue. The issue is, is you don't see it. The issue is God sees you a certain way. He's got a certain calling on your life. You may be full of failures. You may be full of faults, full of warts and scars. You may be full of all those things. But to be quite honest with you, God does not recognize those things in the spirit realm. He sees the perfect you and where he wants you to go. However, it all falls upon you to use his word to get yourself to a place where you're seeing yourself like him. Because if you can ever get past your relationship with God, and I don't mean past that like you leave it. I'm talking about getting past the altar where you're all the time crying about how dirty you are. Well, where you get to the place that you accept everything he did for you, you step into a place where you're able to accept not only did he do something for you, he's doing something for you now, and he's called you to something great, but he's waiting on you to step into the position and get your mind off the relational. Overwhelming enthusiasm. When you get to relationship, relationships have flaws. April and I have been married a long time. Baby, feels like a day. <laughs> long time. I can tell you everything about me that drives her crazy, including breathing. 
because I every once in a while, because I do carry weight a little differently now, every once in a while I take a deep breath to just get some oxygen in. And she'll go, what's wrong with you? There ain't nothing wrong with me. She's like, well, you over there just huffing. I'm trying to live, just so you know. I'm just trying to live, that's all. But that's relational. Those things kind of ebb and flow. They change, you know, over time. You know, over time, I mean, when you first get married, you know, you, you expect to have the honeymoon for 20 years. 20 years later, you're like, just leave me alone. Just pay the bills and leave me alone. You know, that kind of thing. Not us, honey. I love you so much. But the thing, the thing is, whether we're having a good day or a bad day, my position as husband never changes. Right? Her position as my bride never changes. My children, their position as my son, as my daughter, they never change. And they may be acting a fool or crazy or looking at me like I'm half crazy, but it never changes the position. Too many Christians are living life stuck in a relationship that they don't understand, so they never get their position right. I grew up in a Baptist church, and I went heathen for a number of years, and I mean a bunch of number of years, and went really heathen. And when I came back, was in a Pentecostal revival. And, and so my, my ministry training was in a Pentecostal church. Then my biblical training was in the word of faith. And so I'm just kind of a mutt of all of it. And the one thing that I've learned through all of it is every church has their hangups and every church has the things that blesses them. But the truth is, is there's truth in all of them. But those things are not the relationship. Those things are not the position. If I called every single one of you up here and laid hands on you and we shook and shout for an hour, it doesn't change your position. We think that volume has to do with spirituality and we don't understand that it has to do with position. Your spiritual walk depends on accepting that I'm his, he's mine, it's a covenant relationship and I'm fixing to mess you up. But whatever is his is mine. Amen. See, I could tell half of you, just, what the, it's covenant. Jesus came to give you all. Would you agree with me that Jesus had complete access to heaven and everything he needed to accomplish? Would you also agree with me, and some of you won't because you look at me funny every time I say it, but that God honestly doesn't look at you. He looks at the blood of his son and he sees the same thing and he's just waiting on you to say it like Jesus said it and expect it like Jesus expected it. The reason, listen, I am concerned about today's Christian. Brian and I had a 12-hour conversation while the women were snoring. We had a long drive home, y'all. We t listen. <laughs> I fix to tell off on us. We had a we had a uh, we had a ten hour drive to the cruise. Well, we didn't get all the way. We got in the hotel, and then the next day drove on down. We were in the car thirteen hours. What we talk about the whole time? Food. food. <laughs> That's all we talked about. We got on the boat, ate food. They said, "Kids, are like, did you go here? Did you go there? Food. <laughs> Just food. Well, what'd y'all do when you went to the to the beach? They had the private food." Just, just ate food. You know why? Because it was there. And they want you to eat it. So we, but, but, so we had so much food, they were asleep on the way back. Me and Brian talked, and this was one of the things we talked about, is that I have a very strong concern in my spirit about today's Christian. And I'm going to put me in this, because I drove home from a cruise ship for 13 hours because I wanted to see my kids. I drove 13 hours to a cruise ship. Well, Brian drove, I rode, but we went 13 hours to a cruise ship because we wanted to eat. But will you go 20 minutes out of the way and stay an hour longer for the Holy Ghost? Amen. I'm concerned. I'm concerned about today's Christians. Because I'm in meetings this week that in years past have been packed. 
I was in a meeting yesterday with Billy Burke. I don't know if you know who that is. Um, honestly, I'll be honest, I'm just going to be straight. The first time I ever saw him and heard his voice, I made fun of him, laughed at him. Dude's real. I saw a man who'd been blind for years, gray eyes, turn black in front of me, and he could see Amen. yesterday. But are we that hungry? Do we see ourselves as relational or positional? Do we see ourselves as somebody that God, well, God's just called him for that. He's called every single one of us into that anointing and grace. But we, are we really willing to pay the price? I was in the, the back room with the youth Wednesday night. That's the first time I've ever talked to the, to the youth. I mean, not we out here, but I mean, in, in, a, in a setting where I just kind of ran everybody out and it was just me and them. And you know, the two predominant themes that came up and they asked me questions and I loved it because I opened the floor and I told them it's safe in here. I'm fixing to share y'all's business, but I said it was safe in there. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. The, the two predominant themes were how do I hear God? How do I flow in the Holy Ghost? And we got a generation that's hungry, but what are they seeing from us? What are they seeing from us as leaders? What are they seeing from us as parents? What are they seeing as, as Christians? Are, are they seeing you worshiping? Half of the youth on the stage, so they really see y'all. But are they seeing you hungry? I had one question come up that said, how do you get somebody hungry for God? Which is actually an easy answer. You just be hungry yourself. That's contagious. But, but we're in a, we're in a, we're, and this is, this is what I love, and, and they laughed when I said it, and they agreed. They're not afraid of the supernatural because they, they live in a, a world of twilight and the walking dead. They ain't scared of this stuff. Y'all scared of it. Y'all are, well, what if he picks me up and shakes me? Well, you have no idea what the Holy Ghost is then. He's a gentleman, but he's powerful. And we have to learn to move over into a place where we're willing to settle into what he says. Now, we're, we're, we're talking about this for one simple reason. When you get over into your position, your failure doesn't matter anymore. Amen. How many of y'all got failures? Every, every hand better go up. Because the truth is, the enemy's job, the minute you begin to move into something, is to remind you of something you did wrong, said wrong, saw wrong, were wrong in. We all got that stuff. But you're not supposed to have relationship with it. It's just, it's a thing that happened. Now, you need to repent. I'm not that grace guy. You need to repent. But you need to move past it and get back into your position. Now, Romans 5, uh, I just read um, verse 1. I just read verse 12. Let's read verse 1. Romans verse five, uh, chapter 5, verse 1 says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have what? Peace with God. Through who? Our Lord Jesus Christ. By whom also we have access by faith into this grace where we stand and rejoice, say rejoice, in the hope of the glory of God. Stop. You know why the word hope is there? Because the word hope implies that God is saying to you, I've supplied the glory. I hope you get there. See, God, let me tell you something. This whole mindset that God's in control is wrong. He gives you ample opportunity, but it's really up to you to walk into it. Now, you give God control in your life by using the word and asking, Lord, this is what you said. This is what you're going to do. This is what the word, the scripture you gave me. I confess this and I believe this over my life. Now you're giving him control. But if you're living randomly and somebody in your life gets killed in a car wreck, don't be saying God's in control because he had nothing to do with that. 
See, we, we, don't, we just randomly throw things out there, and that's why people hate the church. Because we really don't know what we're talking about. Well, we sound good doing it. And we get really deep, and our chest goes out, and praise the Lord. But that's religion. Relationship says, he's mine. Position says, he loves me regardless. See, if I could ever get you to understand that you have the opportunity to rejoice in hope or the earnest power of expectation. That's what that means. The earnest power of expectation in the glory. The glory can be translated very simply as everything he provided. You can rejoice in everything. You can walk in your healing. You can walk in the blessing of God. You can walk in a place. Listen, there's no reason that I should be a minister considering my past, but I don't live there and God don't remember it. I'm the only one that keeps bringing it up. If God has ever brought up your past, it ain't God. Oh, come on now. If, if you're hearing voices that tell you how bad you are, you don't know Jesus yet. Because Jesus does not remind you of you. This is the one thing I've learned. People ask me, because I used to be a jerk as a pastor. No amens. <laughs> I always get more amens there. Jason. He knows, Jason. I used to be horrible. And if any little thing happened, we'd deal with it. You know, I'm cutting the head off the snake, which really I was the one being the snake. And I got myself to a place where I was attacking things and not attacking things in the spirit. And then when I got back quiet in here, the Lord reminded me that he removes things by his goodness. Now that will mess with your mind. That will mess with your mind if you got a problem child in your ministry team somewhere. And now it doesn't mean you don't deal with stuff when it needs to be dealt with. However, if you begin to walk in love and begin to pray for that person and calling them in the spirit who they are versus how they're acting, you'll watch a change in their heart. And if their heart can't be changed, then you have to deal with it. But more times than not, I'm learning that if I just leave things in the realm of the glory, if I just leave things in the realm of the spirit, if I just leave it there, and my kids will tell you, I've learned this one phrase, I pick my battles. I got 10 kids. I learned that the hard way. We fought about everything. Girls are different than boys. Amen. Amen. Listen, boys are easy. Girls are nasty. You ever been in their bathroom? <laughs> oh. Boy, they walk out, they walk out to, I mean, looking like a million bucks. Bathroom look like a $5 crack house. <laughs> Y'all know I'm telling the truth. <laughs> I don't know where I'm at. I don't know how I got here. <laughs> but that that <laughs> but listen that bathroom is just replica it's just a condition of a room it's not who they are now i'm gonna be honest with y'all the paint they put on ain't who they are either <laughs> don't ever amen that <laughs> don't ever amen that baby you don't need to think But, gee, I've dug a hole so deep, Gavin, I don't even know. <laughs> but the condition, I need it. The condition of the heart is what matters. And when you live your life focused on failures and failures of others, you're in the wrong, you're in the wrong condition, and it affects your position, it affects, it affects how you see relationship, which means you can't stay in the perfect position. But the only person that moved is you.
God's never walked away from you. God's never said he didn't want you. That is part of, we, we preach this, the hope of the glory of God is the blessing of God and power and all those things are true. But I would much rather see somebody get the revelation that God loves them no matter what. Because if they can understand God loves them no matter what, all this other stuff can start happening. See, my, the one thing that bothers me, now understand, I, trust me, I'm, I'm Pentecostal to the bone. I love laying hands on people, I do. But the one thing that bothers me the most is when people come up with expectations to fall out, not expectations to change. Because I've seen my whole life people hit the floor every Sunday for the same thing and never change. Never let their heart get right. Never let their position become solid. Never see God for who he really is. It's just something they do on Sunday. It's just time to eat. My God, you can eat when it ain't even time to eat. Me and Brian prove that. Hey, let me tell you all the system we worked out. Can I share our system? We are, we are absolutely brilliant. We're geniuses. Can I, can, I, can, I take, can I take a minute? And she's already shaking her head. We paid extra because this, this ship we went on had a steak out. I'm a steak guy. Listen, I'm a carnivore. You give me a piece of meat, I'm going to eat it. But this, this particular boat, and I got a point here, so y'all just don't think I'm just talking. This particular boat had a steakhouse on it, and, and we have never done that before. So we paid a little extra money a piece to go eat in this steakhouse versus the fine dining. And the fine dining is amazing. Anybody ever been on a cruise? Man, it's just, I mean, like, yeah. So anyway, <laughs> we, this time around, we, we did what's called uh, anytime dining. Is that what it's called, anytime dining? Which means you can go into the dining room anytime. Your, your seat's there. You can eat. But we had our reservations at the steakhouse at 6 Six-ish. So we were up there, and we ate, and we ate, Charlie. And then we realized, now we're sitting back looking like I am now, and we're like, we got any time dining. <laughs> we figured out that we could eat at the steakhouse and still get down to fine dining and eat a five-course meal down there. We walked, We were so bad, we had theme music, man. It was like, da -da 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 -da. we were ready to eat. <laughs> and, but the point is, here's the point. If you really want to see it in human terms, that's how the blessing of God works. There's so much, but we limit him to this. There's so much in him. This glory, we talk about glory like we know what it is. It is really undefinable. There's only two words in the Bible that's undefinable. And it, this grace stuff is driving me crazy because grace is undefinable. Grace is undefinable. Glory is undefinable. The words are so deep rooted in the Hebrew, they don't even have a true definition. All these definitions of his goodness and how he loves you, they're all true, but they're not complete because it's so big. And that's how his glory is. His glory is designed to get you to a place where you're walking in something that you can't do by yourself, where a man can walk in with a stick and his family's leading him around and his eyes turn black and he can see. In 20 seconds, he's counting off a man's hand. Where a girl walks up with spina bifida and she can barely walk and, 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 and he lays hands on her and there's no change right there that you see, but all of a sudden in the hallway, you're watching her get up out of her wheelchair and go to the bathroom for the first time amazing stuff. And that's the anointing and the glory that every one of us are supposed to walk in. But we limit our Christian walk to church. And even worse than that, we limit our Christian walk to our group in our church. And even worse than that, we limit our Christian walk to, to well, maybe I don't have to go. 
Listen, I'm not, y'all know me, I'm not the guy that's going to beat you up over your attendance, over your tithe or anything, but I am going to tell you, God requires more from us. I've heard people say, I've said this, I, I really don't want to, I really feel God pulling me into that quiet place, but, but I'm really, I'm really, I don't want to go. People have told me all the time, I don't want to go because I'm afraid he's going to ask me to do A, B, C, or D. Why? Why wouldn't you want to do A, B, C, or D? But see, we're so relationship-minded, we have a relationship with our job, we have a relationship with our money, we have a relationship with this, we have a relationship with that. Everything's pulling out. If you would allow God to catch your attention like Facebook, you would, you would change the world. If you, let's, let's take Facebook out of it. If you would let God catch your attention like your devices, it would change your world. Absolutely change your world. Because you'd understand your position for the first time in your life. And your position is very, very simple. I'm fixing to make life very easy for you. Your position is to do whatever Jesus was doing when he left. You're here to complete it. That's it. We all have a little sliver of what Jesus left to do. There's no such thing as Allen Bailey Ministries. There's no such thing as the Church of God. There's no such thing as the Assemblies. There's no such thing as the Baptists. We use those things for legal terms because we have to incorporate. The only thing that really exists, the only thing is the call that he put on you. But all of these things are stopping the most simple, the most pure, the most holy, and most powerful thing in our life. And that's just accepting the call. If, you, if, if I could get half the people in the, this room to accept the call, we wouldn't have enough seats next week. Now, let me explain something to you. God wants you to have miracles in Walmart. He wants you to have miracles at the gas station. He doesn't want you to make a spectacle of yourself. He wants you to be available. Most people think when I say God wants miracles at Walmart, then you're going to have to go in with your oil and slather somebody up. That is not what I'm talking about. That means that you're available that when you see somebody that's a single mother and is exhausted and ready to pull a bullet in her brain, that you're willing to walk up to her and grab her hand and tell her whatever the Lord just spoke to you to say. And you change your life. See, we think we got to see growths go away and legs grow back. And those things are awesome. And we should see those things. But the greatest miracles are the ones that happen before somebody gets to a place where they're in that shape. The greatest miracles are the ones that happen when people accept love. The greatest miracles are the one when people realize there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Which actually, the Hebrew text says there is therefore now no condemnation, period. All the rest of it, we added. The, the, the translators added that because, well, they got to know we're talking about Jesus. But that's not what it says. There's therefore now no condemnation, which means, now this is, the people struggle with me on this, but it's the truth. Jesus died on the cross for everyone. God is not condemning people even if they haven't accepted him because condemnation was on the cross. But the enemy, Satan, has made a perfect living of making people see themselves condemned. And the church has listened to Satan's gospel and judged everybody, which is why they won't walk in here because they see you. I know that's strong. But when we recognize that it's not our job to condemn, but to confess 
And that's not Catholic, the hallelujah, I'm going to go drink tonight. That's not, no, no. I'm talking about confess that they're blessed. You are not called, listen to me, you are not called to speak a curse over anyone. Oh, man, listen, I came up Pentecostal, so I know what it's like to point at a bingo hall and say, in the name of Jesus, I curse that. You find me that in the Bible. The Bible never says that. The Bible only says, listen to me, the Bible only says that Jesus walked up to a fig tree and said, you'll not bear any fruit from this moment forward because he was expecting something to be there because of the show, the, what the tree was showing, something should have been there, which is an example of Jesus saying, you can put on your church hat all you want to, but you ain't got the goods unless you have me. Y'all okay this morning? Because the truth is, <laughs> daddy's home. Trust me. I may be heavier, but I'm heavier. <laughs> because God needs you. Listen to me. I hate to say the words because people look at me funny, but God needs you in his glory. God is sovereign, but God can only invade this earth through your mouth. He can only invade this planet. He can only invade the life. That's why when you come up or, or that's why when we pray corporately for your salvation, that's why we all pray. That's why you confess because you got to accept I was a sinner, but he set me free. That's why when these kids are asking me about the Holy Ghost, I'm looking so forward to spending more time with it because they, listen, they fix, they fix to be some fire in this corner over here. Y'all don't want to get burned. You better move back over there. Because they're hungry. They're fixing, they're fixing to be the greatest leaders in this church. Because we're going to get them full of the Holy Ghost the right way. Where they understand who he is, why he is, and what they're called to do with him. Because the truth is, if God can't get all of us, he'll get somebody. And then somebody will get all of us. That's how it works. But God wants you in his glory because he has more for you than you can even imagine. He has so much more for you than you can. You, you think you can't walk in it. You, you, you put these parameters on it. See, by the time I was 19 years old, I was fixing to sign a record deal. I had attained everything in life at 19. I would be dead by 23 because I had, I had no goals. Oh, y'all listening? I had nothing else to live for because at 19, I had attained everything. Are y'all listening? I had, I was fixed to be a rock star, y'all. Well, I kind of still am, praise the Lord. But this is a, <laughs> she won't even look at me. But I had no goals left. Y'all, the church has no goals anymore. And let me tell you why. Because you can get mad at this one and in two miles find another one. Rather than locking into a vision and saying, no. God has me here. I'm praying for my pastor. I'm praying for our leaders. And we will accomplish what we're set here to do. And we'll do it together. And we'll do it with strength. And we'll do it with fire. And we'll see eyes open up. We'll see bodies healed. We'll see people saved. We'll see people baptized. We'll see people baptized in the Holy Spirit. We'll see people walk out of here and be so loving and full of him that if I bump into Blake, I bump into Jesus, which is where he wants us. That's really all he wants we think, we think we have it all together. And I said this the week before I left, and I'm going to say it again. I'm not impressed with talent. I'm really not. I'm not impressed with knowledge. I'm impressed that when pressure hits you, that when I see something come out of you, it's love. Because who you are is when you're pressured. That's who you are. I, I'm, I'm, I'm honest about the fact that I probably... I have the quickest temper in the room outside of ginger. 
Uh, <laughs> he owns it. But we, we together and many others have learned to step, step into the place where he means more than my temper. So what does he think about what's going on? And that way when I'm squeezed and pressured, I don't react wrongly because I'm talking to him first. And see, all that sounds very elementary in Christ, and it is. But the problem is that we get so, we've been in this thing so long, we think we know God. No, none of us know him really. We know what he's allowed us to know, but we're going to get to heaven and see some stuff. I hope there's a three-eyed cat there. I really do. Because I say that all the time. I say there's things that goes on in Pentecostal churches where it's weirder than a three-eyed cat. So I think God's going to create one just for me to see just because I want to know. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but here's the thing. Now, this is what I want to say, and, and I'm, I've, been, I've been going all the way around the world to get there. But this is what I want to say. You get into becoming by thinking about what you're thinking about. Because what you spend time with what you spend time looking at, what you spend time talking about, what you spend time on the phone about, all those things are what, what that's what you become. Y'all hear me every service I say, with every voice, with every breath, with every moment, you're becoming something. You might as well become what he called you to become. How does becoming work? Becoming is very simple. You become what you put all over you. You do. If you're somebody who deals with somebody with an attitude all the time, if you're not strong enough to deal with that, you're going to become somebody that just allows that stuff in your life. If you, if, you know, it amazes me. It amazes me the amount of people that don't understand that if they would just give the expectation to God that they give from people that keep disappointing them, how their life would change. Every expectation where you've been disappointed is because you put more on people than you put on God. Listen, I, this is what I don't want. Every day of my life, I don't want somebody calling me saying, you can, I had 20 bucks. I don't want that. I don't want somebody calling me every day saying, hey, Pastor, can you give me a ride? I don't want somebody calling me every day saying, hey, hey can, can I come by the house and get some food? I will, I, will, I will feed, clothe, and help people. What I'm saying is that I don't want the expectation to be on me. However, God is the exact opposite. God wants you to ask him for everything. Everything. You mean he cares? He cares about everything. He cares about your hair down to your corns and toenails. He cares. He cares about it all. But we consult him. It amazes me the people that get three doctor's reports and accept the report and then call me for healing. When they should have consulted Jesus first because there's bloodshed for that. See, it's all in a mindset. It's all in a shift. It's all in becoming more like him rather than just becoming a church person. Listen, we don't need church people. We need kingdom builders. And kingdom builders are people who are willing to become something outside of their norm. The last thing, um, can I be straight with y'all? The last thing I ever wanted to do was pastor a church. I was perfectly fine being an armor bearer for Pastor Owens being traveling with Chris Owens. I was perfectly fine with that because I was good at that. You know why? Because I didn't, I just, I wasn't, I didn't want to publicly speak. I, I, I didn't think I, I could talk well. Some of y'all still say, hey amen, Pastor, you struggle. You can't talk good at all, but it's true. But what I developed was a heart to just be what he said. 
Then God got involved, sent me into a youth pastor position. And boy, let me tell you, you want to learn ministry? Get some kids in the room. The kids ain't bad. It's the parents. It's the parents. Not you, Sherry. Kids are horrible. I mean, the kids are good. But when the parents act worse than the kids, because we're in a generation now where everybody has to play on the field, not the good players. Everybody gets a trophy, praise the Lord. Can't take it. People being raised by sissies. Men don't know how to be men today. They don't know how to be men. I'm not talking about hard. I'm talking about being men, standing and knowing that he's my king and he's my savior and because he gives me my strength and I don't have to have somebody make it easy on me. I've had opportunities to go into multi-million dollar churches and take campuses with three and 4,000 people. They've heard my tape, they've heard my CDs, they watch my videos and they're like, we need what you're teaching. First of all, I hear God and I know where I'm supposed to be. Secondly, if I go there, I have to submit to leadership that won't let me teach what I'm teaching. See, there's some wisdom. But the point is, you don't fall for flash. You fall in love with him. He's not mad at you, but he's madly in love with you. He's not angry with you, but he's correcting your life. He's not wanting to hurt you, but he is adjusting you. And there's nothing more frustrating than pulling against an almighty sovereign king that's trying to make some little adjustments in your life. He won't make you do it, but he'll lead you. He's sovereign, but he's not in control. But he wants control, but believe it or not, that's up to you. So let's do that today. Come on up, praise team. Y'all stand to your feet. Just stand to your feet right where you are. I want you to think about what you've been thinking about. Just close your eyes where you are. I want you to understand what you think about is what you spend your day on, whether you do it or not. I want you to understand, listen, have you ever had that argument with somebody at work or your husband or your family? or something? You ever had that argument inside yourself that you never have with them? You know, because you're going to tell this, and they're going to say this, and I'm going to say that, and I'm going to say, and I'm going to tell them this. Do you realize that your soul, not your spirit, but your soul has that encounter as it actually happened and the toxin from your soul, your body is now released and now you're dealing with health issues down the road because you're all the time stuck in the middle of something inside of yourself that really is never really going to happen, but yet that's where you put your energy. And if God can pull you over to a place to where you're willing to stand and know that he's God, You're willing to stand and know that he wants to do a work in your life. That you're willing to stand and know that I'll react the way he says, not the way I say. Now you're giving him control. Now you're becoming something. So they're going to sing this week.